Welcome to City Limits. I'm Kevin. And I'm Ann. Ann, start of the campaign season. Mm-hmm. I know you've been out knocking doors and talking to folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of thrown our little podcast schedule off a little it's bit. It's not that I don't think it's important. <laughs> so bear with us. Uh, this is a day late. But um, let's start talking about some issues. Sure. In Quincy. Um, so the first one we want to hit on is the, the big story last week was Jewett Street, I mm-hmm. think. And just to ground people, a proposal to build a two-family two house on Jewett Street in an area of frequent flooding was approved by the Quincy Conservation Commission Wednesday night, despite uh, a well-organized opposition from the neighbors mm-hmm. who say the construction poses a threat to both their neighborhood and dozens of other communities connected to a nearby sewer line. That's from the Patriot Ledger. Yeah, so it, it was it it definitely started in a, um, an interesting way. It was it was taken out of order. We were put to the end, so we were the last Jewett Street was the last one to to be reviewed. And right when they opened up the meeting, um, the first they had eight letters that um, were brought into to the conservation committee meeting, and they only read one, and it was from Jay Duca. And it was basically saying that you approved other buildings like this, you have to approve this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking it to, completely out of context. You have to stick to zoning, basically. Yeah. It's not in your domain, I guess. Yeah, he was. And, and the other the other seven letters were people basically saying enough. And none you know, of those were read. None of those were read into the record, but they were in opposition. And they weren't even told to the to the parties that were on the call if they were in opposition or for the for the project. So only one, and it was Jay Duke pretty much saying, you know, this is... As we stated from the beginning, this is this is going to get approved. Right. And yeah. then they started their their presentation, mm-hmm. and they were immediately warned. They were shut down, saying, "You know, this is repeat material. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've heard this before. Can you stick to conservation commission?" Yeah, and they and, and quite honestly, it was a little unfair because I think if we stopped interrupting the 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 neighbors who were presenting and just let them have the floor and do their presentation, and and given that respect to be able to do that. Um, it probably would have taken less time, and we would have been yeah. done earlier. But um, it was it was a little it was a little tenacious and uncomfortable with. Yeah, we'll um, get into some. Yeah, of that. and 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 to be fair, I mean, I, I there was also this pressure that was put on the conservation committee. I mean, Jay Duke put a letter out saying you have to do this, so there was a little bit of a, you know, you have no choice but to approve this kind of coming from the de- department head. So right. I think I think you know it wasn't being looked at holistically. That was what the neighbors were feeling. There was other pieces to it. It wasn't just about a flow through property that was being built on an empty lot. It was the closeness to the berm, the fact that the berm has a sewer pipe running through it, the fact that they've had a lot of water and we had you know, some really dangerous um, evacuations of that area because of how much water they did have. Because yeah, they had some dangerous stuff that's going on right now. Yeah, and um, but we can get into that. Yep. Um, I know it started with Pat Peach. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was talking about how she's lost cars and washers and dryers and, mm-hmm. and she can't believe that um, you know, the city would allow this. Then it went into Tina uh, Lyons. Mm-hmm. Um, this this just blew me away. Yeah, her and her husband physically um, maintain the floodgates, like Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> it's crazy. It is I mean, crazy. They're going out in the middle of a storm mm-hmm. to to do this, and they've also sunk some of their own money into it. Yeah, and, it's and it da- sounds really scary, really dangerous, and they've instituted a buddy system. So he's not going out there. Matt, I believe his name yeah. is going out there by himself. Well, or- originally Matt was going in there by himself. And he has to go pretty far into um, into the convent to get to to get to the um, to get to what he needs to do to, to to kind of fix the area. And he was getting things were falling from you know fra- yeah, falling from it's just sounds- bricks were falling down. And, and, and the city knows he's do they're doing this, and it sounds like the councilor knows they're doing this. Yeah. And I don't know whose responsibility it is, but people shouldn't be doing that. 
themselves. No, I, 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 but this has been going, and this isn't something that's been going on for one or two years. This has been going on for decades. And, you know, it's, it is, it needs to change and it needs to have some attention brought to it. And, and you know, this development is bringing it up. You know, this development has opened everybody's eyes. It opened my eyes. It's opened yours, Kevin. <laughs> that, that, that really just floored me. Um, and then to mm -hmm. go into some of the other clips here. Mm -hmm. Keith Johnson, a civil engineer, spoke. Um, he was also on a conservation commission, mm -hmm. I think, for five years in another town. But yeah. he, he said that, you know, conservation commissions do have leeway, flexibility, mm -hmm. so that they should be looking at this holistically, like you said. Yeah. He said some other things. And then we got into Mike Cotter, yeah. who's on Post Island Road. And he got into a bit of a discussion with Maureen Glenn, who's... She was chairing the meeting, right? Yeah, she was. She was standing in to chair the meeting, and they were kind of having some words back and forth because he was talking not about not words, some, but you know, going back and no, I mean words yeah, back yeah. and forth. I just mean the conversation back and forth as as to whether or not it was appropriate conversation. Right. He, he was talking about some of the development that has been approved and the amount of development that's approved, and he, and he himself had to have he had to go before conservation committee because his house got wiped out during the floods. Yeah, I think she was saying that that we've approved all these mm -hmm. other developments. Yeah. So how can we turn around and, and not approve this one? Yeah. And he made a great point, and I'm going to play a clip. Definitely not a project that should happen for many different impacts, and one of them is flooding. Okay, but we do have a little issue here. We have granted everybody in that neighborhood. Now we've got a house that we're going to say no to. New I construction. Mean, it's really new construction. Because we approved everything in the area as long as it's flow through, including your hope. And I, I know, but I, I was really building, we were building on the original footprint. It wasn't a new building. And 8 and 10 Shoreside, not a new, it's a, it's on the original footprint. Okay. This He's is a new, this is a new, new development. New I mean, this is, this is, there's nothing on, all they have on this property right now is a shed. So there's a two family home and they're looking to take the empty lot next to the two family home that they own. That's part of, it's part of the full lot. And they're looking to develop another two family home, take the shed down and develop yeah. it on an empty piece of property right now. They're not the, building it on the existing footprint like these other developments. Yeah, there's approved. nothing there. And and quite honestly, they're going to be very close to the berm. It's not, I mean, usually you have setbacks and that's a zoning thing. And that is where um, Ms. Glenn was trying to say that that's a zoning thing that you know, the setback will be something. They didn't talk about setbacks, but this, the setback is a zoning yeah. issue. And that will be brought up. There's going to be a zoning meeting tomorrow night, August 10th. Right. Um, at 530. So I hope people will join. Um, it's can anybody join that meeting? Anybody can join. Anybody that anybody who thinks that there's that this is the wrong development or overdevelopment is happening, join and listen. It, it is televised too. So that it's will be a, okay. It's a Zoom. It's a Zoom. You, you can look out online. At the and calendar. we'll put it in our notes, mm -hmm. the Zoom ID. And yep. And then it would, that one does play on QATV. They do tape. That okay. Yep, That's so. good. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think uh, Kate Hooley had good points about mm -hmm. how it was getting a little contentious and people were. We're doing the best. They're presenting earnestly. You know, they were affected in 2018. Lucky to get out of their homes. And yeah. So oftentimes, I think what's really discouraging, Kevin, is that you know we're often told, "Come out, speak. You know, stand up for your stand up for your neighborhoods. We want to hear from you. We're going to make these decisions based holistically on what we're hearing, and we want to hear from you." And then when people come up and speak, they're told, "We've already heard this. We don't hear any more." We've done. We've already met three times. This is we. we you know, they don't want to. They didn't want to hear from the neighbors. They didn't. They did have new material, and they weren't really open to the process. So I know throughout the city, and I have been knocking on doors. People feel as though, 
you know, I'm going to go out of my way to go to this meeting, but I don't think it matters if I ever go because it doesn't matter what I say because it seems like, you know, I'm being shot down and, you know, development is being allowed to happen everywhere. And our voices used to matter in the city, used to care about what we, the neighbors, people said. If it was not good for the neighborhood, people would say, it's not good for the neighborhood. You got to go back right. and figure it out so you can work with the neighbors. But now we're yeah. being told, no, sorry, neighbors, you don't matter. That's, yeah. what they, that's what they feel like. And I'm not saying that that's what Murray Glenn was doing. I'm saying that's the feeling they got. And I think Kate Hooley did a great job wrapping that to kind of. Yeah. Up. And then time to get all, get to all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave DeBana, um, whose son-in-law, mm -hmm. no, son, son and daughter-in-law yeah. live on that street. Mm -hmm. He brought up a good point how they were denied, right? Yeah. So they are directly across the street from where the proposed development is. And they wanted to do an addition to their home. And um, it was within the last 15 to 20 years that they wanted to do that. And the and I think Maureen Glenn had mentioned that she's been on the board for 22 years. So right. she they were denied. And um, other neighbors have been denied to that owned that lot. Owner now owns other neighbors have tried to um, to develop on that lot and they were denied. And so and that's recent. We're not talking like back in the 1950s. We're talking, you know, recently. This is, you know, relatively a new owner in the last maybe five, six, seven years. We're talking like in the last 10 years, they were told no. And something has changed. Something has changed in Quincy. And it seems as though no is something that isn't, you know, an appropriate thing to say. So right. I don't know how many things get told no at conservation committees. So. Yeah. And then I think Dave McCarthy, Councillor Dave McCarthy uh, spoke. He seems to think everything is pretty good. Mm -hmm. right? He was not aware of um, the Army Corps of Engineers meeting on July 15th. He doesn't he didn't have it was interesting to me because, you know, these neighbors have it and everybody seems to have access to to what we had. But the counselor does not have it and neither does um, the Conservation Committee, which we were able to share. Through. It wasn't a report. It's actually a presentation that was done. And it does say that they 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 talk about flooding the willows and they also talk about having to take houses by eminent domain. They didn't identify the houses, but they did right. mention that. So nobody seems to be aware of that. So they could approve this house and it could be taken by eminent domain? I don't I don't know if this <laughs> house is going to be taken by eminent domain, but somebody's house is going to be taken by eminent domain. Oh, and okay. it may not be enjoyed. The, the, the point that I have, though, is that we don't know, Kevin, and neither does the conservation committee, and neither does the counselor, and information is not being shared. Yeah, and I know a lot of things came up about the sore pipe, right? And Mayor Koch had a uh, quote in the paper about the MWRA. He said the system is doing just fine. And from what I'm told, the culvert is in good shape, he said. The berm and the brick may have suffered some erosion, mm -hmm. but the culvert itself is in good shape. I think really what we were asked from the Conservation Committee, um, do you have proof that the culvert, the, that the, um, the pipe is in bad shape? So the illness shouldn't be on the neighbors to prove that this is something that is in bad shape. Yeah, they the, should be working with the MWRA. Yep, and the mayor of the city of Quincy. Army Corps of Engineers. Yep, and the mayor of the city of Quincy saying, I was told that this is in good shape. <laughs> it is not, as far as I'm concerned, a comforting feeling. Yeah. Or Council McCarthy saying. There should be some reports where you can produce and show the neighbors. Listen, See? we were also told, you know, hey, you know, Quincy's doing a great job with the EPA and we're, get, we're getting fined $100, right. million, $100 million. So I, I really do have a, I have a, um, I, I don't want to say that I don't have, it, it's something that needs to be more transparent. They don't like me saying that word, but really somebody telling me don't worry about it is not good enough, especially if my home, my largest investment is very much near the very thing that they're telling me not to worry about. Because, and I, I did say this this night, Kevin, I said, you know, if you do say yes to this and God forbid anything happens, it will be all on them. Yeah. Because they're, and you cannot go back and then say, 
you know, we're going to raise to raise our level to make sure we could take take care of you. This is we're talking about a sore pipe. If that pipe goes, it's it services multitudes, miles and miles of sore that goes into that island. And it's going to if that anything was to happen, it would be a disaster. Right. And I don't think it's good enough just to say I was told. <laughs> I know there was some mention about vibrations. Mm -hmm. And I think the engineer that was hired by the person who wants to build this said mm -hmm. it's trucks go over it every day so there's no truck should never be going over that but you know or we cars were, or we trucks. were we were no, also cars i'm yeah. not sure we were also told i think councilor mccarthy mentioned um tie and bond was involved in it and that you know our city engineers are telling us it's okay it's not our city engineers who get to tell us that this pipe is okay yeah this is definitely an mwra there is going to be federal money coming to to support the, the infrastructures of things that need to be addressed and trust me this pipe is old and, you know, it doesn't mean old is bad, but it's old and you should be looking at it. Listen, the whole city, what do we hear from this administration all the time? We have to replace our infrastructure. Yeah, it is old. old. We need to replace <laughs> it before something bad happens. Yeah. Well, this pipe is old and this pipe is owned by the MWRA and it needs to be addressed. Right. Every other pipe, sore pipe in the state of Massachusetts has been dealt with. I don't think, you know, I don't think we should be waiting until something happens. Yep. And so ultimately they approved it with a project on the condition that... that the MWRA comes back and says that, yeah, or? which is actually the best. I mean, I, 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 the best answer would have been the conservation committee saying we do not approve this. But oh, the, and there was no site uh, visits. There was no know. site visit. Either. I asked that question too. Several people asked, but I, I came back and I just wanted to make sure that that was asked. And they had not. So the conservation committee did not go out and actually look at the location that they're talking about building this and how close it is to the willows or how close it is to the berm. And they, um, you know, in a perfect world, the conservation committee would have said no. They said yes, but it, it does have an order of conditions that the MWRA has to sign off on it as well. So that's a good thing. Yep. The second thing that um, that has an opportunity is the is the zoning, the Zoning Board of Appeals. And they were making it seem like they only have one order of like zoning. They make it seem like, oh, we only need to get this past one. They have five different um, zoning forgivenesses that they're looking for. So they're asking for a lot for this little this little property to build a two-family on. Okay. So that's our wrap-up of that. <laughs> so good luck to the neighbors. Yeah. Um, I hope the, the zoning board listens to you folks. I know we want to do a quick mm -hmm. catch-up on a, some of those properties that the mayor has been out uh, buying with uh, pandemic money. Yeah. So the so again, the administration, we had mentioned, so there's three properties. We were originally thinking it was just the Monroe building, but the Monroe building actually is, you know, has been closed on and it is purchased with the pandemic money. And, you know, the, the issue there is that <laughs> what I found very interesting is not only has it been purchased and closed on, there was also monies that were spent from the pandemic money on, um, on their water bill. So... I don't know if anybody else finds your water bill really expensive, but I guess the city of Quincy is using pandemic money to pay off water bills, but not for you and I, Kevin. Right. It is for buildings they're purchasing. So the Monroe building, they paid $6,000 of water bills for the Monroe building <laughs> so, right. with pandemic money. So let's hope the Delta variant isn't um, isn't coming back to, to Any to other money they not for the Monroe uh, no, but, just the, but the city, the uh, city solicitor did send a letter out mm -hmm. to the, the renters, the tenants. Yep. I'll read just a bit of it. The city of Quincy is proud to announce that it has purchased the Monroe building from Martin Realty. The city will be taking over the operation of the building. It will be contracting with Quarry Property Management, LLC, for property management 
for day-to-day operations. They can be reached at 617. I won't give the number. But yeah, so the interesting, the interesting, interesting part thing, about so Interesting thing about that is, so they, I think the money exchanged on, Ju- on July 8th, and on July 8th, the LLC, Quarry Property Management, opened up. Was set up. <laughs> was set on up. On that date. On that date. Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, all to just take care of the Monroe building. <laughs> yep. So starting on August 1st, your rent checks made payable to the city of Quincy should be delivered to Paul Hines, Commissioner, Public Buildings Department. And for the foreseeable future, the city will operate the building exactly as it operates mm-hmm. now. So, so, so now much for the big rush for the college, I so, guess. Well, you know, with the, you know, we are now on the building and now I guess we, we're renters. We rent now. So we're yep. real, we're real estate moguls in the city of Quincy. With your, awards, yeah. with your COVID money, which by the way, if your COVID, the COVID money is your tax money. It's, 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 you're being taxed on yep. it in your federal government. So when you have your money taken out of your, your paycheck or your social security, it's going back to pay for the COVID money that should be taking care of the community and the COVID issues that we have in the city, okay. not for acquisitions. Yep. But we have two more. Two more properties. Two more properties. So, but wait. <laughs> but wait. But wait. We're not done. So the other thing is is the marina. So just to recap on the marina, um, and this is just a quick recap. On June on June um, 14th, the Park and Rec voted to say, hey, you know, administration, you should take a look at this because we think we should buy a marina. And then on July and June 21st, I asked at city council, are you buying the marina? To which they said, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm taking this out of context yeah. a little bit. He lied to you. And then June 30th in the paper, it basically reported that, you know, the city was looking into buying the marina. Right. right? And it recapped all of those things that, you know, they said that the, the ship isn't going there and that, you know, we're looking into these things. We're negotiating. And then in one day, the negotiations from June 30th to July 1st, $500,000 was cut from the COVID money. And, you know, so I guess negotiations went really good in, four, in 24 <laughs> hours. And that went to the Pompeo, Pompeo Motors, which owns that property. Yep. And then on July 30th, $4.5 million was cut out of the COVID money. And now the city owns a marina, to which I guess... We, I just, I just find it just shocking. So, so they were very fast in the. I'm going to think about it. To I'm going to buy it. To money's being exchanged. So we own a marina now. Yeah, and I think some of the people that have boats down there were mm-hmm. told. So unlike the Monroe Building, which was, you know, we're going to operate this for a while. Um, you know, at first they were told not much is going to change. And you know, if you're if you have a slip with a boat down at this marina. Um, enjoy the summer because once summer's over, you're not coming back. Yep. <laughs> it's time to move your boat. Yep. Um, that's what we're being told. So, right. and then one more, right? Yep, one more. So the last one was, and this one, and, and what's interesting is we knew about the Monroe Building because it came to City Council. It looked like we were going to say no, and they, you know, we can't say no to the administration. They went out and purchased the Monroe Building. Nobody knew about the marina. I was, I did, yeah. and I was told that it's absolutely not happening, and it did in 30 days. It's completely closed. The last one nobody knew about. This was the um, this is the Verk building that is um, I think it was a, a auto place. Those are and, rental maybe a rental place. On, yep. On Furnacebrook in Marymount Park, right? Mm-hmm. It's very small property. Very so small. There's a yellow, big yellow house right on top. Directly, of it. yeah. It actually kind of does a curves around the yellow house. So yes. look look forward to the, them bur- purchasing that yellow house soon. Well, I don't know what they're going to use it for, but they purchased that, and it wasn't a huge expense two hundred and forty five thousand dollars. Again, nobody, nobody knows, you know, what's, this is not on the multitude of lists of things that we said, you know, the proposed projects that we're right. going to spend millions. We, these are just all new things. Is it in the Marymount uh, Master 
Not Plan- that I know, not that I know of. It could be. I mean, maybe it is, and nobody nobody knows that either. It probably is, and and you know, it will be created into that pretty yeah. soon. But what's interesting about that is it had back taxes on it. Um, so the city of Quincy, after it purchased it or decided to purchase this, and with COVID money, they are paying the back taxes, um, which is unusual because usually when you buy something, the taxes are usually paid by the the owner yeah. from the net proceeds. So if you're spending two hundred forty four thousand dollars, maybe that thirty seven thousand dollars should have been net of what we were paying. But instead, the city of Quincy cut a check for $37,000 for fiscal year 21 and fiscal year 20 taxes. And that is out of COVID money. And I keep saying that because now in the paper, we're talking about our students going back to school and the mask mandate having to happen and COVID and the Delta variant is coming. So it's just it's just important. People are very frustrated out there about COVID money being used for purchases of land and acquisitions. Right. So Ian, you know what time it is? What time is it, Kevin? It's time for listener mail. I didn't get to see any of them this week, so. <laughs> we have two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one relates to uh, the Jewett Street. Oh, it's about Jewett Street. Okay. Us uh, from Georgette. The Conservation Commission should do more than rubber stamp proposed developments. The Conservation Commission's flawed decision-making process was on display Wednesday when it approved the Jewett Street project. For those who may not know, a developer proposed constructing a two-unit residence on land that's presently a yard with a shed on it. The location of the development is key because it's near an antiquated sewer pipe and that can be damaged during construction. It borders Willow Marsh, which is being studied by the Army Corps of Engineers, so it can be restored. At the meeting, neighborhood residents and other concerned parties, including MWRA and EPA employees, raised legitimate concerns, but were told rather rudely, these concerns have already been raised before. Is there anything new? This committee only deals with flooding water and ground underneath and the ground underneath. Um, Vice Chair Glenn's statement demonstrates the short-sightedness of this committee that seems to rubber stamp development proposals versus administer properly the Wetlands Protection Act, Massachusetts General Law, Chapter 131, Section 40. In order to fulfill their charge, the Conservation Commission should obtain adequate information and make a proper analysis of possible impact. The Conservation Commission should walk back their approval and take the following steps. Ensure the antiquated sore pipes viability has been studied, Conservation Commission members should visit the site. The Conservation Commission should communicate with the Army Corps of Engineers and determine the scope of its environmental study on the nearby Willow Marsh and the project's goals. And then before making any further decisions on the development in this area, the Commission members should uh, learn more about the Army Corps of Engineers project goals and plans. In addition to delaying the fate of the Jewett Street project, there should also be a review of the composition of the Conservation Commission. According to the MassGov Wetlands Protection Act website, members are supposed to be appointed by the City Council, presumably because they are experts in their fields and impartial. It may be time for the City Council to take stock and ensure that the Conservation Commission fulfills its obligation to the residents of Queens. And that was by Georgette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she and, and she made a she made a couple of very valid points. And it's it's hard because you know I think people volunteer to, to do one of these commissions, but it, it's it's impacting people's lives. Yep. Um, and the second one has to do with the campaign. Mm-hmm. Hello, city limits. I'm writing with a concern about County Treasurer Michael Blotti, a pal and ally to Coke, suddenly <laughs> entering the council at large race here in Quincy. It seems obvious. 
that there are at least two reasons for this surprise move. First and most obvious is that the mayor has been getting increasing pushback on some of his outrageous plans by the city council and the mayor would like nothing better than to gain a rubber stamping ally on the city council. Second, and what should also be obvious, is there is a target in mind for this candidacy. Mm -hmm. It's no coincidence, coincidence that Bilotti is running for one of the three councillor at large seats. The target is clearly councillor Ann Mahoney. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it feels she like She has <laughs> been one of the most outspoken critics of some of the mayor's most bizarre proposals uh, and profligate spending, and, and Coke wants her out. He's never said that. He will deny it, but this is clearly the case. A yeah. sleazy ploy indeed. And that's from David. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> nobody's ever said that to me. And um, it is a it is a democracy that we live in, so the race is on. And um, I appreciate David's thoughts, but... Um, I think yeah. a lot of people think the way David does. I, I Yeah, I, I, I will say that when I'm knocking doors, I do get... But, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that no matter what, I'm, I still have a seat on the council. And to be able to do that, I'm going to work hard to do it. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and then... We do have some announcements. We do. Um, so Saturdays in the park um, is happening again this Saturday. And it was uh, a lot of fun. So if you haven't, if you weren't able to join it Saturday night, definitely stop in. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice night to, nice way to spend the Saturday afternoon, Saturday yeah. night. And the music this week is Idle Rumors, uh, classic power, <laughs> classic rock power trio. Um, they'll have their uh, the Walson Hill Beer Garden again, mm -hmm. and the food's going to be Craig's Cafe south of the border, burritos, quesadillas, and street corn. I love street corn. I love street corn. Too. <laughs> uh, That's what we'll be having dinner. <laughs> and then baby cakes will of course be there. They're right across the street. This is at Safford Park. Yeah. What time is this? It's three, oh yeah, three to seven, I think. Three, three to eight, eight, I three think. To eight. Yeah. Three to eight. Three to eight. Yeah. Okay. Stop by. It's a lot of fun. Um, bring your bring your lawn chairs. Bring a blanket. Bring your if you don't if you don't want to if you don't want to buy the food. Bring a picnic. <laughs> right. And then on Sunday, uh, the thirty fourth annual Quincy August Moon Festival, mm -hmm. and that's from twelve to four on Coddington Street in Quincy Center. There'll be the Lion Dance, cultural performances, live music, Asian food and drinks, kids amusements and crafts, and vendor booths. So that's another. Uh, Fantastic. Hopefully the weather holds out for, for both of these events. That's another, it, what we weren't able to have it last year um, in person. So right. this is going to be in person. It's going to be, I think it's just a fantastic way to spend some time with your family, go out and, and enjoy the day. So that doesn't end for this week, I think. It does. So, you seem uh, sad, Kevin. I'm sad. I, 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 I thought we'd have more. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had plenty. But thank you very much for all the listeners, for all the feedback, and for all the encouragement when I'm at your doors. Yes. And we'll see you again on City Limits. Thanks, everybody. Bye.